0: And welcome to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast, your spot for everything Dynamo. I'm the Sinsky Man, and with me this time is top analyst Kyle.
1: Whoa, fancy.
0: And our favorite theologian, Scroggins. Oh, I'm a theologian. That's great. We're diving deep into our first playoff match against RSL, talking league news, and previewing the second and potentially last playoff match against RSL. Hector's resurgence this season makes me think of Gandalf's surprise return to the fellowship when he says I come back to you now at the turn of the tide and the tide has <laughs> turned for our club 2 one victory at home in the wait, playoffs. Wait, wait wait
2: wait 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 are you doing that because Hector has bleached his hair white and so it's Hector the white now like is that Hector what's going the white on? he was
0: he was Hector the gray <laughs>
2: Sorry to to throw you off your game there, but I have to know.
1: That was a a great Ian McKellen there. Uh, I I I appreciate
0: that. There were a lot of layers built in there. Kyle, give us your reaction because we already got Scroggins on Dynabros.
1: You did indeed. Yes, for the faithful out there, if you've not listened to Dynabros, by the time this comes out, you'll be like 72 hours removed from a fantastic Dynabros with Scroggins and Jake from Dynamo Faithful. So, go listen to that then come back and pick up from right now fantastic game 2-1 win at hope a win in the playoffs come on guys let's yeah. just like yeah. let's just celebrate that for a little it's been so long it's i i didn't have children the last time that the dynamo won a game in the playoffs <laughs> and that feels like a lifetime ago because children suck the life out of you and <laughs> Here I am now watching my team with my with my children with my boys. When guys, when when Bossy scored the goal, my sons both kind of lost their minds because I lost my mind, yeah, and they just like followed suit. This is what kids do, and like I got so much joy out of watching those two kids freak out when we went two one up. Like, man, it was it was everything that I've wanted as a as a father and as a Dynamo fan. So such a good game since you nailed it. HH is just the leader that we didn't deserve, but the one that we needed and everything I've been like, I've been replaying the quote since, you know, this, it came out the y'all have probably seen it. The we move as you move or we go as you go. Like everything that Hector does is what drives this team. And Ben is on the Hector train. The team is on the Hector train and this game was just a perfect example the guy went 90 minutes in a in a home playoff match with yeah. a goal and just everything went through him it was just so good and i'm so proud of this team and i'm so glad that we kicked off playoffs with a dub and we can go and we can finish this thing out on the road or we could bring it back home and get another dub at home i don't i don't really care either way i'm just so happy that we started with a win and we set the tone
0: is it wrong to kind of want another home match? Like, is that wrong? Should I just want them to to seal the deal at, our, at yes. RSL's house, or, or you should bring want it back them to, to seal the deal? deal. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like if they come back, we might have a Dynamo faithful like whole team at the game. I would love that. But yeah, on the sure. road, go ahead and win. Go ahead and win. Do it. That would be great. Yeah, my reaction. Is very similar to yours, Kyle. I was at the game. It was incredible. Shepard was there with me, my son, my wife. One of my best friends was there with me. It was so good. And when we scored the first goal, Hector's goal, I just threw Shepard up onto my shoulders and started dancing. And he was (laughs) loving it and cheering. They gave us rally towels, and he was shaking it like nobody's business. Every time they said to on the screen, he would just start, yeah, shaking his towel. Like, he was getting so into it. And Manny talked about this on a past episode this season about how he's going to get to pass down the love of the Dynamo to his kids. And that's, like, already happening. And I to see that with Shepard is so great. Anytime there's a goal, he asks me if I'm going to take my shirt off. And my my son, <laughs> Clyde, will sometimes show his belly. It's so cute. It's wonderful. And, man, just seeing just seeing that Hector goal early in the match, what, 22nd minute, Throwing throwing my son up on my shoulders, like just pure joy, man. This is the dynamo we've dreamed of for years. You know, you said the last time we won a playoff game, you didn't have kids. I wasn't even really a fan the last time this team won a, a playoff game, and ever since I've been a fan, it's been kind of a drudgery and despair and disappointment. So for this to to happen, it's like payday. You know, I, I don't have those past glories. On my heart, you know, I do vaguely remember the championship games. I was young and watched them, but I wasn't really a soccer fan when they were on. And so this is like the big Dynamo team for me. And I know for some fans, Scroggins, Kyle, both of y'all, that might be like almost blasphemous to be like, "This is my all-time Dynamo team," you know. But that's how it feels right now. Uh, there was a post online about the Dynamo all-time eleven, and I, I said. Hector Rare is working real hard to cement his place into that squad and shoot after this season. I don't know how anybody can say maybe he's not one of the best midfielders we've ever had. I know we've had some good ones. I know, it, mm-hmm. but just watching this game, so good. Scroggins, talk to me a little bit about the goals. Yeah, man, there was there were some great goals in this game, man.
2: Like Hector's goal was was very much a team goal that oh. I didn't think that Coco had that in his locker, you know, to to head a ball down almost like a target forward. You know, it was kind of chipped out to the to the right to where he was, and he just posted up on that center back and and used his massive hair to box the guy out, and then <laughs> headed it right back. Hector controls it and then just slots it right home. It was it, it was great goal in the 20th minute. It was I. That felt like this is going to sound weird, but that felt like the perfect time to score because the way RSO was playing at the time was like everybody. It felt like the whole team was in the box. You know what I mean? And in I think if we had gone any longer, we would have started to get frustrated. And in like we play with so much passion, like Ben's talked about it. He wants us to play right on that edge. And I think if we had gotten frustrated, we would have come unraveled. So it was like the perfect time. And then I just got to respect, like, I, I have to respect RSL's goal right at the half. Pablo made the right changes at the half, put on some speed, and and that was a hexed book against the run of the game, counter-attacking goal. I mean, wow. our like, the center backs were out of sorts. Spiacchinko's, like, pointing over to—who was that? Julio, I think, was the winger that was running with the ball down the left-hand side. Spiacchinko's, mm-hmm. like, pointing over there, like like— but there's no – he's the nearest defender. He never closes him down. And and so Spiachinko and Michael are, are guarding each other while Arcel I Arsenal think has, he was
0: also trying to get Michael to go more central as well while he kind of – when I watched it today, that's what it looked like. I, I could be wrong, but it looked like he was yeah, trying yeah, to track maybe. the runner and tell Mikel – Yeah, Mikhail went
1: to go – Mikhail went to the ball, which left the space open for Luna – and Sviachenko was never, Sviachenko wasn't getting to either of those guys. Yeah. So that was yeah. like, Mikhail was kind of a rock and a hard place decision for him. And yeah, that was, I mean, Scrog, yeah, that's, that is counterattacking to a T. They, they got yeah. it right. And yeah, they had the
0: numbers. There was, it was three on two at that point.
1: Like, yeah, absolutely. T- In
0: a,
2: and like only one of those two actually has speed, yeah. you know? So, I mean, I gotta respect it. i that that was their game plan, clearly, that was their
0: game plan going in. and, and it slowed us down after that too. Like, it really did. Do you think we over respected their counterattack at that point, or do you think that the that the Dynamo were right to to cool the jets a little bit to slow down I, everything?
2: Yeah, I think we were absolutely right to cool the jets. I don't think we over respected it because we went in went on to win the game. we went on to score another goal. It took us a while. I think we properly respected it. We had to show them that that we were on to what they were doing and yeah I don't I don't think we showed them too much respect. I think I think we showed them the right amount of respect on that counterattack. I mean there was also the you know the the clearance off the line that that Mikhail had in the 34th Incredible. minute which I think
0: mm-hmm. I think that's the the most underrated play of the game. Right. There. That was yeah. like the, one of the first things Caitlin talked about in the car ride home was, yeah. And, and that guy who, who got the ball off and made the save, not the keeper, but the other yeah. guy. Yeah. Like that's one of the first things she had
1: mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, uh, which, you want to add
0: anything on that, uh, on the respecting the counter attack?
1: Yeah, a little bit. And, and it leads into our, our go ahead goal with bossy. So on, on their goal, their counter attack right before that, the, the way the counterattack starts is Griff is high, as he mm-hmm. should be, mm-hmm. and in uncharacteristic Griffin Dorsey fashion, he, he loses the ball up there
0: yeah. right
1: at the top of their box, and they freaking burn down the field and start this counterattack. And this doesn't happen a lot with Griff, but if you go look at his numbers for this game, he actually didn't have a great game by his standards and by yeah. you know the the standards that we have for him because we love him so much. But he, he was like over for four. You heard it at of the course. game. Too. Yes. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, this is not a this is not a Griffin Dorsey bash. This is a redemption arc for him in what in a short moment. But he was like oh for four on crosses. His take ons mm-hmm. weren't there. He was three for three on aerial duels, which is awesome. Um, he so was like probably one of the guys on the game. Up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's 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 getting stronger defensively, but it was just a kind of an off night for him at the you know, in the attacking phase, which we were talking off the mics a little bit, like he is part of our attack. There is no doubt about that. He's not hes not only a right back. He is part of our attacking, you know, what do you call it, Scroggins? Attacking five, essentially. So he gets burned on this counterattack because he loses the ball at the top of their box. And you talk about respecting them a little bit off of this and s- not necessarily sitting back, but trying to just reset the flow of the game. And Gryffindor C is like, screw that. I am going to redeem myself and go and get the win for this team. And Mm -hmm. he loses the ball at the top of the box again and immediately wins it back and links up with Coco and gets in the box and almost plays in Corey Baird for a goal. Keeper saves it and bossy drills it home. Like, I love that. I, I don't know if that comes from Ben or if that's a Griffin Dorsey trait or if that's, that's just a, a trait. hustle town atmosphere character of our team. But the, this team just did not quit. And and Griffin, especially like he did not let the same mistake happen twice and he went and got mm-hmm. the ball and he, he set the goal up and he got it going. And I just I love that. I love that we responded in that way. Yeah, we didn't same. let their their we didn't let their goal set the tone for the rest of the game. We were going to get this win. And Sinski, you were talking like you never felt like we were losing this game. Yeah, you you always felt like that goal was coming. And yeah, and I felt the same way. Even watching at home, I always felt like that goal was coming. G- Corey Baird hits the post. Arthur hits the crossbar. Like we had the chances, and mm-hmm. I'm so glad that we got the goal and we and we got the three points because it was it was hugely important yeah we
0: just even when they scored their goal I knew we were going to be the ones to break the draw to, mm. to to get the next goal like it was obvious there was maybe a 10 or 15 minute period of time where we didn't look like we were dominating mm-hmm. but literally the entire rest of the game it felt like an absolute domination and once the guys said okay we've We've shown them that the counterattack's not going to happen again and they started pushing the gas a little bit. You knew a goal was going to come, whether it might come from the left with cause Hector was playing some really beautiful passes out to Kinodis, and I'm sure Bossi was too. Or if it came out the right from Griff or right down the middle, if Baird was gonna like get his Baird goal, but you knew it was gonna come and it's just such a breath of fresh air because for the last, I don't know how many years we're the team that gives up the late goal. We're yeah. the team that falls off in the later yeah. stages. And when they said seven minutes, I didn't think, man, that RSL is going to get back in this. I thought, well, we might get another one, you know, and that's never been the case. And we did. We almost got another one. That Artur like, like, yep. bullet into the crossbar was, mm-hmm. that was incredible to be there and just like, see that. I was like, holy cow, like I almost lost it. And if that had gone in, I would have lost it right there in front of my son and God and everybody. But like, I don't know what would have happened. (laughs) I might have been on the field naked. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like that was insane. That was incredible. And just absolutely incredible. And to Kyle, to your point with that Griff goal, well, I guess it was Bossy's goal, but everything he did to set that up, Jake called it kind of like the, the, the most beautiful of uglies on Dyna bros. And I didn't, I didn't think that was ugly at all. I thought it was incredible that that late in the game, the guys are still pushing for a win. You know, there's they're they're going for it and things hadn't been working all night. And Griff said, this is going to work Coco with that cool little chip over and Griff takes it off the chest. I thought that was like really good soccer. Maybe I was misunderstanding Jake. He's going to like at me on Twitter now for this, but <laughs> like, I thought that was all incredible. Maybe I'm misinterpreting it. Anyway, we can move on. Let's talk about the subs. And Scroggins, I'm going to come back to you on this. How did you feel about the substitutions? Did you think they came at good times? Do you think maybe they're a little late, a little early? Yeah. I remember thinking around the
2: 65th minute, like, okay, time to start thinking about fresh legs. But really, we were playing really well. Like, I f- I felt like we still had control of the game. I. Th- usually I'm a fan like I'm I'm one of those guys that's like hey let's make the subs early and and often to get fresh legs on the field it's a long season all of that stuff use your depth but in this case I actually agreed with Ben in in waiting for the subs just letting the team cook in in and that's what he did I I thought that was I thought that was a great a great call there Typically, you know, I I think I've been the guy on on this podcast that's always complained about when the subs are made and and stuff like
0: that. But uh, in search the like he, if here producer Ian. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's
2: uh, he, I think he did the right thing. Of course, when 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 it was one one, we're we're searching for that winner. I think Thor was was about to come on when Bossy mm-hmm. scored, and I was all for it. You know, we all love to see a Thor thunder strike, and if there's Absolutely. anybody. In the box when it's jammed up and scrappy. I mean, Thor's the guy you want in there. You know, he's either gonna like say something to somebody and they're gonna hit him and we get a PK out of it, or he's gonna score a goal. Right. And and the dude just pulls the trigger. So I was I thought that was a good sub. And then I also thought it was really, really smart. As much as it hurt to not see Thor get the minutes I think he deserves, I thought it was smart to not make that sub happen, to undo that and and put on the people he put on he he brought on Brad Smith for Nelson yeah. just providing more defensive solidity while also not sacrificing too much offensive attack on that left side um, And keeping he, some speed on the field absolutely and then keeping and then swapping out Caicedo for for Bassi is like that's pretty much our standard tactic i mean these were the standard subs for when we have a win you know and Aliyu yeah. came on for Baird because Aliyu has more speed and, and and better range than than Thor does. And so Leo was brought yeah. on in stoppage time just to harass that back line and make things difficult. Yeah. So brought yeah. on the right people to make sure we couldn't be played through easily. So
1: honestly I did real know. uh real coach of the year moves from Ben Olsen there. Uh, just I agree Matt <laughs> yeah yeah that's tactical Some high course. IQ coaching.
0: <laughs> honestly I was hoping for an Eliu sub earlier on i didn't even notice that thor was gonna come on but i would i would have loved that but around the 70th ish i was kind of like and i could be wrong i haven't like poured over the stats but i just felt like baird was a little bit absent in this game he wasn't as active or not that he was had a bad game i just didn't like see what he was really adding this game so i would have liked to have seen aliyah come in a little earlier scroggins go ahead
2: yeah, I, I actually felt the same about about all of our attackers it, at one point. You know, Griff had a quiet night. Nelson, I don't think, shined in this one. Baird, you know, bossy, bossy outside of his goal, like, didn't have too many standout moments. It looked like some of our, like, final pass, especially when we they do the, like, quick one-two st- stuff that they love to do that final one was a little bit off with everybody and i i, I really do want to chalk that up to rsl like I, I i think they deserve like to be acknowledged in like how organized they were on the defensive side of the ball you could tell that pablo mastroni had had drilled them on that defensive side and how to jam up the passing lanes and make it difficult for our players to have space to do what we do and and that's why it was so important that griff stayed high that's you know what i mean after his his flub because that would stretch the lines apart but but yeah i i think like that the the like not great game from baird the not you know the less than stellar game from nelson stuff like that is more because of the opponent than
0: necessarily them having an off night okay Kyle, you got anything to add to that? Do you think maybe Ben made any tactical changes? Maybe not necessarily subs, but tactical changes to get
1: that winner there. You know, I don't I don't know if you would consider this a tactical change. You 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 could, so I'm going to. I'm going to stretch it a little bit. But I think by him not making subs, he made a tactical change to trust the guys on the field to go and get the job done. Interesting. And not switch things up, you know, not bring Caicedo on and sit back a little more defensively as early as he could have, for sure. Not bring on Aliyu as early and trust Corey Baird to be involved. I think Corey Baird had a quiet night because when Corey Baird doesn't score, he, he appears to drop off the radar a little bit. But uh, his hold-up play was still decent. He was involved in the goal for Bossi. He, you know, he was right there, pressuring the keeper. Could have, could have very easily had an, had a chance. Hit the post with a really nice move up top. Or um, just a
0: free kick. That,
1: yeah. So I think, right yeah, top. yeah, like nineteen yards out. Yeah. So I think Ben holding on to the subs just a little longer and and relying on those guys to keep keep their chemistry going and playing was was probably the move that he was, you know, that he had to make on the fly, which uh, I think was impressive.
0: Well, with all that, who do y'all think is Ben's bestie of the week? That's right. We're moving into our sponsorable segment, and we will start with the theologian Scroggins. Who's Ben's bestie of the week? (laughs) I, you know, I want to give a shout out to Mikael because just because
2: he had that clearance off the line. He did have that b- bad back pass that led to almost led to the ending of Steve Clark's career, yeah. Uh, with that horrific Oof. tackle, and and because of that bad back pass, I can't give it to him. But I, I, I don't think I think Mikhail deserves a shot. He's not Ben's bestie, but he's definitely like sitting at Ben's lunch table. You know what I mean? Like, so I I think in this game, the, I mean, you look at we had six hundred and ninety passes versus their 279 that's ridiculous <laughs> and we all know the reason why and it's Ache Ache so I, I think I have to give it to Ache Ache in this game he he was the metronome he was the pace setter you know he he did it he he was everything that we have hoped that he would be so I, I got to give it to Ache Ache here
0: what about you Kyle uh, and good pick Scroggins I think mm-hmm. I think that's always a, a great
1: choice. Yeah, I mean you obviously can't go wrong with HH. I think he got player of the match. Yeah. Hustle. He's he too. is a yeah, he is a perpetual Ben's bestie for sure. I think that I want to give it to Artur, though, oh, um, yeah, who yeah. is also who is also a always a likely candidate for Ben's bestie. The guy is just so good. The way and, he picks
0: the ball off of opponents is oh, just it's, it's incredible. It's so good. It's so
1: smooth. Everything he does is smooth. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the guy could release an R&B record and I would I I it would be probably top 10 Billboard, you know. It would be so good. Yeah. Everything he everything he does is just clean and pure and he is just a classic center midfielder and I love that so much about him. Yeah. The guy he deserved a goal with that long chip. Mm-hmm. He's up to about a billion megs on the season and yeah. this one mind you was a no look like little sideways Meg. Oh my gosh, it was so good. I was just Go back to watch Jake, the game guys. For Jake in the text. To, You'll just love yeah. Him. Yeah, it, it was just a great uh, performance from him and another like just very solid run of the mill performance from Archer in the center midfield and he is we I think we've talked about this before. I'm sure we have because we we don't ever stop talking about how good Archer is, but I think his presence in the team this season mm-hmm. is a huge, huge reason why HH is playing as well as he is. Yeah, like yeah. he HH doesn't have to rely on Matias Vera to cover the midfield for him. He's got freaking Archer, so HH yeah. can do whatever he wants to do. And HH does everything well. He also does tracking back. He also does delivery. He also does passing. He'll go but out wide. He'll get, he him, can, get him. He can, but he can push up and know that Archer is there to cover. You know. Yeah. And uh, and Artur can do the same because he knows that Mikhail can cover as much ground as he wants to. Like we just we just we're just so good, like guys. I can't get over it. You know. Just a yeah. shout
0: out to Matias Vera. I think he would do really, really well in this system. I really do. I especially oh. when he would have to be. A center back for two thirds of the game.
2: I think, I think it out of here. I think Vera would be a great bench option for us.
1: I, I mean, I'll, I'll give yeah. You that. I don't
0: think he's better than Artur. I'm not saying that he's not better than Artur. Hector comes. He's not
1: better than Caicedo. Who mm-hmm. is our bench option? I wonder. I, I, I wonder. So. I
0: think that's accurate, Kyle. I think you're right. I, see, I do, that's where we might disagree. I think Matias Matias Vera, if he was coming off the bench, I think he'd get a lot of minutes. Off I the don't know. know. Ugh. i don't know i don't know we'll i don't know we'll never know because i don't think he's coming back i don't think
1: i think we're no. going to move on from. yeah him, i think he posted a, a picture in an austin shirt one time so there's there's no way that they're letting dude. him back in i forgot about that, that, oh, that i take again. back everything I maybe said. that's why maybe that's why i'm i'm there's so no anti-matias <laughs> <fair. laughs> well, that that's was probably so the player on our team yeah that's probably why manny manny can't stop talking about him
0: all right. Oh, so y'all had some great picks for Ben's bestie. Hector and Artur, always wonderful shouts. But there was a player out there you guys didn't even see. Maybe you did on your TVs. Ben's bestie was the rally towel. It made the stadium <laughs> look so wild when we were shaking our towels. Now I get why Pittsburgh does that, the Steelers. The rally towels are where it's at. It like. It it makes the stadium look massive, full, crazy. It was awesome. That was so fun to wave the towel. I'm giving. Good I love that. I day. love that. Also, literally, I think you could pick anybody. It Was so good. Maybe not anybody, but I think the we played so solidly yesterday. It was wild. Yeah, yeah. And our, our I think uh, RSL kind of led us, you know, with all the possession and stuff. But we played so solidly. And with that, we can move on to league news we could talk about the Sporting Kansas City game against St. Louis cuz that one's a little Oof. bit of a doozy.
1: Kyle, what's going on there? Yes. Sporting Kansas City, Scroggins, you always talk about getting hot at the right time. They figured it out at the right time. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and that was that was always our thing, but they have really capitalized. Sporting Kansas City went to St. Louis who won the Western Conference and were tipped to run this thing all the way through and SKC beat them 4-1 at home in the first first round or at St. Louis's, Louis's home like this is this was certainly unheard of nobody had that on their bingo card and this is relevant it. to us because <laughs> we when we inevitably advance into the next round after beating RSL in in the game of 3 series we play the winner of SKC in St. Louis. So, I mean, this is a tough pick now. Like obviously, going into this, we probably would have wanted to go up against SKC one because we hate them and they're a rival, but two because they seem to be the weaker team, but they just went to the best team in the West's home and made them look like the worst team in the West. So, it's hard to say who you want to, you know, scrape out of this thing, but I, I would love them to go into a three game series so that they get a little more tired. I'm not really sure who I wanna who I wanna see coming out of that though. That's a tough call.
0: What about you, Scrogans? Do you know which, which team you'd rather match up against? I'd rather go up against St. Louis. Sporting is the last team to beat us.
2: Like, Oof. I mean, again, that was that was at Mercy Park, children's mercy park, and if we played them, we would be the higher seed so we would get, get to play at players. home. Yes. But but the it's also gonna be it's also gonna no that the next one is a one and done, but that'll also be in November, so we won't have the heat advantage anymore. And you never know
0: yeah. climate change and all.
2: I mean that's true, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like sporting scary, they're really good right now. They they are firing on all cylinders, and I mean you just can't can out count out a Peter Vermes team as as much as I want to. Gosh, I, I hate that guy. <laughs> but yeah, I think. I think I, I sent, I think I sent that a tweet in the, in the, in the soccer chat, right. With Bobby Boswell had yeah. a picture of Peter Vermes in a hoodie up against Emperor Palpatine. It it looks, yeah. I mean, I, have heavy. you ever seen him in the same room at the same time? That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs>
2: but yeah, like I, I, I want St. Louis here, you know, and, and also we're paying
0: half of Tim Parker's salary. So he owes us. That's fair. I want Sporting Kansas City. I love rivalry matches, and so I would love to have a playoff game where we kick them out of the playoffs in a great rivalry match, redeem that loss. I think that would be awesome, but I'll take whoever looks worse, but I guess that's just not the way it works, because whoever looks worse is probably going home. So I think this playoff series is so weird. The format blows my mind. Scroggins, talk to me about the Frisco match that Literally just ended during this podcast. They lost. That's all I can say. I, I know nothing else. Love to Didn't hear. Did you the game? Have read
2: anything? Yeah.
1: There you go. They <laughs> they traveled
2: a long, long way to get slapped around in the. Yeah. Uh,
0: and may that ever be so. Amen and amen. Okay. <laughs> does that loss matter with this playoff format? Does it matter if you lose the first game, scroggins Well, since I know how to do math, no, because it's a best
2: of three series you 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 can lose one game like and that's why the best of 3 series sucks like they never you know of course nobody's going to say that but everybody can count you know so best of 3 means you got to win two that means you can lose one so this first first round like doesn't matter that that much you know the second game is what really matters so and now they're going to be heading back to Dallas and And playing in the suburbs for a bunch of soccer moms. And Seattle was laughing around there. So,
0: All right, Scroggins, go ahead and keep the mic for this one. What would you change about the three-game series format to make this game be more weighty for Frisco? I I would just get rid of the three-game series format. Um,
2: (laughs) I would just be intelligent and put in a playoff format that works. I mean, seriously, (laughs) like... Okay, traditional soccer. I think we talked about it last week. Traditional soccer format is home and away, right? Like uh, that would be, that would be great. But for me, that doesn't, that doesn't do it for me because the MLS is a unique league. We have league play and then we have a tournament to decide our champion. So I want the league play to matter, right? So let's do a one and done series, higher seed, you know, the, the higher in the table is the highest seed, they get the home game one and done. There it is. I, th- that's what this this format should be. But Apple's got to make
0: their scratch, and, and so we're going to have this bloated schedule. Money grabbers. Yep. All right, Kyle, I hear you jump in. What would you do? How would you
1: change up the three-game series format? I'm on board with Scroggins here, but if we live in the world where there's going to be three games, all I, I just make it shorter. We, we played on the, what, the 29th? We don't play again until the 6th, and then if there's a third game, it's the 11th of November. We should not be dragging out these three games across three weeks. It is unreal because we're going to win the game on the 6th, obviously, and then I think we might have like a two-week break until we play again because I think there's an international break in there somewhere, so... Like Ugh. it's it's way too much rest or opportunity for players to get a little sluggish during like the most important part of the season. So yeah. make it shorter, cram these few games in and then get the next round going.
0: I agree. I think it's going to be really funny next year when they announce a week or two before playoff start the new playoff format for next season. Because I, I can <laughs> almost guarantee there will be one <laughs> and, and it'll be last best of, minute. Best of just seven.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Best of seven, all
1: played in one week. Yeah.
0: A seven game series just should not exist. And I might lose a lot of fans for saying that. I don't care. NBA, MLB, whatever. It does not take seven games to figure out which team's better. Best of five at most. And even that's too much. I'm a one and done guy for playoffs. I'm a one and done. Anyway, let's move on. A bone that we have been really deciding to chew on, and I'm all for it is the MLS-like best of nominations. MVP, keeper, and coach. All right. Jake mentioned this on Dyna Bros. You guys really went into it, and wow, we all have to give our say, I feel like, because Mm -hmm. MVP, Luciano Acosta, Dennis Boanga, whose name I just destroyed. I apologize. No, you got it. You got it. Oh, lucky. job. The and Thiago Almada, you know, great guys, great players. They've done well. <laughs> what a season, Hector Herrera. If he's not on this team, we don't make playoffs. We don't make it out of bottom three. And I don't know if that's true with the other three players. You know, since he's since he's a great team, LAFC, they'll they'll buy anybody. You know, they had like 40 Champions League players on their roster last season. Anybody can turn their team around, whoever they decide to give money to. And, you know, Atlanta, whatever, they're not going to do anything. Get rid of that. MLS has got to look at what Houston is doing. I feel like we are the most ignored team in the league, you know, and it's crazy because what we've done this season is incredible. The absolute turnaround. And from top to bottom, there's not a – Not a player who actually plays that you're like, wow, you haven't improved. They've all improved. And it's because of Hector Herrera, the way that he plays on that pitch. And it's just, it blows my mind that he's not mentioned. It blows my mind. Mm -hmm. How can you not mention a guy who is at the top of every, like, stat in the MLS? He blew up the assist record for the Dynamo. Just incredible. Just incredible. Everything we do goes through him. And I know we've said that on this pod a hundred times. It's in every article written about the Dynamos, how Hector Herrera play goes through him and he controls what's happening on the field. But not just for our team, the other teams too. Like what he's doing plays such a huge part in every other team's game plan. And it's just, it's insane that he doesn't even get a mention. Kyle, back me up here.
1: Of course, I I would never go against you on this. On anything? I, I, I will say, I, on anything ever, <laughs> I will say like a couple of the guys on this, on, on the MVP list here, I think are totally deserving. Luciano Costa has 31 goal involvements He's
2: and saying,
1: yeah. Tiago Amada at 30. I mean, these guys are, that's huge and you know that's that's a hh okay. level of a season where your your team goes through you essentially like that's that's good and if that's the criteria for the mvp then then i think hh should be on here and i think dennis bolonga can be dropped yes he had a 20 goal season with seven assists 27 goal involvements but he he's the striker he's the one that's supposed to be bagging the goals so yeah. maybe he should have had more and i would be fine with him being on this list but you look at a team... Let's let's look at each of these teams. Cincy, I think, was fifth in the West last season or wherever they play the East. I don't know where they play. So they were fine. They weren't bad. They made playoffs. They were terrible the season before because they were new. But it's not as if like they were cellar dwellers like we were the last several years. LAFC, perpetually top of the league area. And then a- Atlanta is always relatively good they're not like they're not mid table or lower they're generally up so (laughs) hh comes into our team who is we were 14th and then 13th for the last two seasons and he makes everything click for these guys and all of the other new pieces to our team and we go from bottom of the table to fourth in the west five points off of the top spot in the western conference two games we could have had where we didn't concede a late goal we could have won the Western Conference like we were so close and and HH is a huge part of this for the for him to not be one of these Massive. top three candidates it is it is astounding it is and you know what like let the silence of our critics feed this team you know I, I don't care that we're not being talked about the disrespect it'll t- it'll speak louder. Than if they were talking about us when we when we eventually take this thing home or we take it as far or farther than anybody thought we would. Nobody thought we were getting this far.
0: Nobody and thought we were making playoffs.
1: Exactly, yeah. not even
0: squeaking in playoffs. We were oh, bottom of the barrel for everybody. Nobody, nobody every had us
1: over. I think eleventh or twelfth. And you know yep. what? Fine. We'll show. We'll we'll show up and do what we have to do. So, but but HH not being one of these top three is is ridiculous. So we can move on to keeper. <laughs> no,
2: no, no, no. I got something. I to no, say. we like, can't. He, no, no, absolutely not. Look, I, I think Kyle made some wonderful points here. And and I really agree with them. Tiago Amada is a world cup winner. He was on that Argentina squad. Like he is a fantastic player. He's going to make a move to, to Europe, but that, that is what you expect from Atlanta. They spend big, they, they go down into South America, they're pulling these Argentinians and Paraguayans and, you know, like Miguel Almiron, who's having a fantastic year for Newcastle this year, had a fantastic season last season for Newcastle, comes from Atlanta. Like, that's what they do, right? They But they got the pockets to do it, you know, and, and they're constantly playing with some of the top premier talent in the league, right? Dennis Boanga has Carlos Vela feeding him from the wings. See, that's who his provider is. Is like one of the like part of that generational like golden generation that Mexico had, right? That that Hector Herrera is a part of, and like he he is like the one that they're like, oh, if he was in the squad, we would go further. You know, it's it's Carlos Vela, right? Like that's their superstar. He's like their Landon Donovan, the guy that's so good and everybody can see it, but just for some reason doesn't click with the national team, right? Well, you know the... But you can make a great argument here for Luciano Acosta, and in and, and if I'm being as objective as I can, if somebody was like Luciano deserves it, I, it's hard for me to disagree. 31 goal actions since he won the Supporters Shield at the Trot. They weren't even cl- like they outpaced everybody. Fantastic year, all the credit to them for sure, and and all the credit to Acosta. But Hector has 21 goal actions in 30 matches played he is doing fantastic and he is feeding everybody he's a- feeding baird right and and he's feeding nelson and he's feeding yeah. dorsey and coco these he's
0: guys
1: Corey baird look good right these
0: guys he's are feeding good. players that other mls fans have never heard of everybody's right. yeah. heard of acosta Boanga almada nobody's heard a Corey Baird. You know, they, they might remember some rookie of the year thing a long time ago, but they're like, what happened to him? They haven't yeah. heard of Dorsey. They haven't. And I love these guys. Yeah. But, but these are not like household names in the MLS. Yeah.
2: They're like Luciano's playing with, with Brandon Vasquez, the guys that's making, that's going right. to make the jump to Europe, getting call up into the national team. Hector is literally playing with, with MLS journeyman. Like, that, that's who Baird is. I mean, let's just be honest. That's who Baird is. Nelson's an up-and-counter, like, uh, unproven, you know, like, the level of talent that Hector's playing with, I think, is what makes the greatest case for him. That the he level can, of
0: unknowns, to me. Like, right. I think these guys are talented, but they're not anybody who you're like, that guy's going to set the world on fire one. They're not getting national team call-ups. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, and for me, that's
2: the thing. Like he has somehow squeezed 21 goals
0: out of that front line. It's astounding to me. And in in, in a system with a head coach who thinks defensively, who thinks to like, be careful around the goals, you know, and he's still getting these actions. So to me, it's just wild.
2: Yeah. That's why I'm sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't move on from that. Like I wanted
0: to make that point. That's fair. That's fair. I thought you said all you had to say on Dinah Bros and that's my bad. There's always more to say when it comes There's to- always <laughs> more to say yeah, and I should have. Right. Keeper, keeper troubles. This one blows my mind. Steve Clark is a 37-year-old man with the second most clean sheets in the league and he has played out of his mind. Kyle, how does he not make the list?
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is this one might be more frustrating than the than the MVP one because Steve Clark is Steve Clark's thirty-seven. This Roman Celentano kid is like twenty-three, and sure, he's at Cincy. Cincy are great; everybody loves Cincy because they're so good. But like Steve Clark is very old for you know for an athlete sports, but keeper wise, he's you know relatively aging out but he's still doing well but the man has like absolutely come alive for us and kept us kept us in this thing like it is it is crazy how good of a season he's had and stayed relatively healthy and just been such a rock at the back there with our with our ever steady defensive presence so like this is just real frustrating i did some research into this whole mvp thing and and these you know awards very political (laughs) It's it's crazy, but it's also like it's I think, current players vote, coaches and GMs vote, and then there's some other group maybe? that also, yeah, like reporters and press people. So it's like, it, it makes me think that they try to make it sound like it's relatively fair, but I know it's got to be the weird alien guys in the background that are actually calling all the shots and making decisions. Look there's at no the way market, that the players man. in this league are not looking at Steve Clark and saying, "Hey, Steve Clark fin- finishes the regular season with second in clean sheets in the league. How is he not on this list?" Roman Berkey has 8 clean sheets. Come on now. You're at St. Louis who have already been exposed in the playoffs by SKC. Roman berkey has got 8 clean sheets. He's got 5 less than Steve Clark and you're telling me that he had a better season? Come on now. Mm-hmm. Scroggins, what do you have to add there? Nothing. Kyle Kyle nailed it right there. Like he it's just trash. Did. I, I just, that one
0: I don't understand at all. That one, I, I those MVPs, they all those three guys, they had good seasons, great seasons. But mm-hmm. Steve Clark was incredible. I don't understand how he's not on this list yeah. for keepers. Now, coach, this one kind of busts my buttons too because what was the talk when we picked Ben Olson? Who said great pick? This guy's going to do wonderful things at the Dynamo. Which only pundit? Pat, only Pat, only on Pat. Yeah. No pundit. No, no journalists, no dynamo fans, no DC fans. DC kind of laughed at us, ha ha ha. Like, for real. Yeah. There's Twitter posts out there. Like, I can't believe you guys hired Ben Olson. No one was expecting him mm-hmm. to come in and lead this team and put together this squad and and get get them on to a tactical level where we are one of the hardest teams in the league to score on and all season long. Even when we were in our low, like teams were struggling to get a goal on us, and he's nowhere to be found because apparently you have to coach in the right market. And even though the Houston Dynamo are a two-time MLS championship team, we get treated like the redheaded stepchild in a in a fairy tale from yesteryear when it comes to these awards. It blows my mind that Ben's not on here. I Jake like gave an incredible defense of Olsen I believe it was Jake it might have been you Scroggins but I think it was Jake and it just it's insane the only person that I could say maybe goes toe-to-toe with Ben is Carnell at St. Louis just because yeah. you, you come into an expansion team nobody's gonna say you're gonna win the league and they like they take their conference you know that's pretty wild but what Ben has done in the way that Jake talked about the starting from below zero like it's it's mind blowing to me. Yeah. Scroggins, go ahead. Thin- I mean, yeah.
2: I I think I said it all on on Dyna Bros, so they can just go back and listen to that. Like the the aft analogy was, it's one thing to make repairs on your vehicle when it's in your garage. It's another thing to make repairs on your vehicle while it's driving down the highway. Which is which is what Ben has done. Is he, he has managed to keep this thing not only moving. But improve it while it's moving. And it, it this is, you guys are incensed by the keeper pick. The coach pick is the one that gets me the most. To not even be on the the top three like that is not not be a finalist after this turnaround. It's it's just a shame. It's a shame, and it I think honestly it cheapens the the
0: award. Yeah, yeah. I think MLS needs to look at this and really look at how they're how they're determining these things because it just doesn't make sense how a team can turn itself around the way our Dynamo have and getting zero recognition in any of the categories when when all three categories have been fantastic. But let's move on. Kyle, I know you didn't get to chime in there, so if you have anything you want to say, go ahead. But we're until then, we're moving on. Our next match, playoff game number two, RSL away, Monday, November 6th, 8 p.m., at a kind of usual time for... For a uh, MLS game this season, much much different from that five o'clocker we just had. A weird time on a Sunday evening. I don't understand the Dynamo, right? We get that. So, Kyle, talk to me about how this game's going to go.
1: Yeah, so we are on the road for this one, out at America First Field, Monday, November sixth, eight p.m., like you mentioned. Game two of the three-game series. So. This is this is now the game that matters. RSL has to show up mm-hmm. and they're at home, which oddly enough, RSL have a worse home record this season than they do away. <laughs> so maybe it's actually I didn't know that was better possible, for us. Less. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. So it, and it's I mean, they they're six, seven, and four at home, eight, five, and four away. So I mean it's it's a decent amount of point swing. So it's looking good for us, but it, in general, like they have to show up and play, which means that they have to take risks. They have to, you know, get out and try and push, which allows us to be the ones to sit and and go for the counter and see if we can let some pace get out there and run. Look at look at what Nelson can do. See if mm-hmm. Bossy can cheat and play a little bit higher. So every every opportunity is for us here. I'm really looking forward to seeing. Hopefully the same group of guys go out there, the same 11. I don't Mm -hmm. really want to see any rotation. We've got a week off. Let's get rested. Let's get out there and get ready. And I think that the same group of guys should go and, and take what's theirs. All right. I
0: love that. I love hearing that. Scroggins, you want to see any lineup changes? Or do you think Ben will have a plan for this one that's going to be a little different than what we did last time? Do you think we'll sit back? Do you think something like that will happen?
2: I, I I think you will see more of the same. Okay, Asher talked about on on his interview with with Glenn Davis a couple weeks back, play how we play a three box three, and I think we'll just see Artur cheating over to the right a little bit more in his defensive position to help cover for Griff, who's gonna who's gonna push forward and be a part of that attacking three at the top of our box there, and so I I don't think we're gonna change anything like we're going to control the ball. We're going to hold the ball. Our midfield's going to dominate and and everything will build off of that. And I think that's what we'll see. All Scripps, right.
1: You talk Sorry, since you No, go ahead. Go you ahead. talked about that second half sub that they made in the first game where they brought on Anderson Julio and Carlos Gomez mm-hmm. and changed up their pace a lot. Do you think that they start with those guys in this game or do they bring them off the bench again? I think they, they do start. I, I think it'd be stupid not to start with them.
2: We're going to be at elevation. If I remember correctly, this field is somewhere around 10,000 foot. So it's, it's at elevation our guys are going to have to acclimate. I hope they're leaving like now to go and acclimate <laughs> to the climate, you know, but I, what I am excited about is that they will have to, like Kyle said, they'll have to push, they'll have to come forward. That's going to open up space. Nelson will have more room to take people on. and That's what he's really good at. And then, Griff shines when a ball's played into space for him to run onto. Yeah. And we will finally have that down the right hand oh, side. in yeah. and, and that is going to open up our attack, just like we've seen all season long. Or
0: at least since League's Cup rather. Since the League's Cup, yeah, this, this <laughs> final third of the season. The Sprocket, only season that mattered. What's your prediction for this matchup? I, I think,
2: honestly, I think we're gonna see a three-one victory for Houston Dynamo. And so we I won't get that that second home game like I was hoping for. I wasn't able to make the six hour drive into town for this one. But I, I think we're gonna see three one victory. We for whatever reason, we just have RSL's number this whole year. and and I don't think that's gonna change. All
0: right, Kyle, what about you? What do you think?
1: Yeah, we do have RSL's number. I think I think we're gonna stick to the 2 one from this uh, from this first leg. I think that we're gonna survive an early scare. And bounce back with with two quick fire goals, and take the dub and put this thing out of its misery and get plenty of rest, which may or may not be good. i I'm, I'm not too sure,
0: yeah, i I also think we we finish it right there. Two zero is how I predicted happening. Scroggins is right. We've had their number all season, and I don't see that changing either. So that's how it's going to go victory in Salt Lake, and we don't get to have a dynamo faithful reunion at the stadium. Oh, well, what can you do but push on and keep going to the playoffs? Love it. All right, time for the favorite part of this podcast. It's our fun wrap-up. We've got a good one today. All right. Famously, famously, the fans created the Supporter Shield and the Wooden Spoon. Guys, what awards would you create and who would you give them to? I'm going to start with you, Kyle, because you're everybody's favorite.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. Fan wow! Fan. Yeah, I, I can hear that. Like, I'm right here. <laughs> I love you, Chris. <laughs> so, no, Scroggins is muted. He doesn't get to hear this part. I muted him. I think that's how muting works. I yeah. We we we're talking about awards because obviously, all of our team was was snubbed in the awards categories. So we're gonna make up our own. And I am going to give an award to one of our own. And the award that I've created is. The Scott Sterling Blocks with the Face Award, which goes to fan favorite Ethan Bartlow. The man had less minutes this season, but the minutes that he did get, he put his face and body on the line and he blocked so many chances, mostly with his face. So Scott Sterling has performances from Ethan Bartlow. We're big fans and we are proud to present this award to you.
0: Beautiful, wonderful, Producer Ian, insert applause at the reception of these awards, please. Scroggins, I'm moving to you. You're our favorite theologian, and you know it's true. What award did you come up with, and who gets it? Yeah, I like to keep up with current events, and right now there's there's
2: this big trial. This guy named Sam Bankman-Fried is being charged with billions of dollars in wire fraud dealing with his crypto trading company, yeah. FTX. And so... I would create the Sam Bakeman freed award that goes to the player that scammed teams out of the most money. And I would award this this year to Lorenzo Insigne for bilking Toronto
0: out of millions and millions of dollars. So good. Absolutely. That's perfect. Diego Costa maybe is a nomination as well, perhaps for that one. How many games did he actually play for the Galaxy? I don't know. Zero,
2: <laughs> zero. He he was yeah, present. Yeah. I don't know if you could say he played. Um.
0: <laughs> that's a that's a final award. Final award. Applause all around. All right, those were great. I'm gonna go with the Mister Manager award for building your own team, and I have to give it to Pat Onstad. He took a team that I don't think anybody wanted to deal with, and somehow seventeen changes in and out you know the dynamo looked totally different this season than they look last season scroggins you said on our dyna bros pod that it was like d- fixing the car while it's on the road you know and i don't know i think he bought a whole new car but never stopped moving you know kind of like in speed somehow he <laughs> drove through the dealership jumped into another car brought with him what he needed kicked other things out And somehow got us into playoffs and not just into playoffs, but in my opinion, I think we're the best team in the West. I think we're the team everyone's going to have the hardest trouble with. And if somehow somebody beats us, that's going to be the team that wins the whole darn thing because that's what it's going to take to That's the skill level it's going to take to beat this Dynamo team that Pat Onstead has put together. And just cannot sing his praises enough. What a season for our Dynamo and for our uh, command center, mission control. you got to love our front office, back office, whatever you want to call it. And with that, we are all wrapped up. The tide is washed out. Thank you all for listening. We love you. Rate and review us wherever
1: you're listening. And remember, stay faithful. Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. We are Chris Sinsky, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Berry, Colin McGuire, Emmett Rumfield, and James Franklin. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff with marketing and design from Zach Bellow. DynaBot is powered by predictions from 538 Club Soccer Predictions. Learn more at 538.com. Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamo faithful pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful.